That Triathlon Show, Episode 69. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and on today's episode, I'll do a roundup of swimming drills and what different expert coaches in the triathlon world think about them. Should you do them or shouldn't you? And why should you do certain drills and not others? We'll discuss 12 of the most common swimming drills and why, as I said, some coaches use them and some don't. These drills include the usual suspects like sculling, catch-up, kicking, and many more. So it's nothing new here in terms of drills. It's really just about getting a feel for whether these drills are useful, are they used by the best of the best coaches, or aren't they? So that's what I want to bring you in this episode. And I hope that that can help you decide whether you should do some of these drills or maybe skip some or add some to your repertoire of swimming drills that you do. So I've selected three different coaches that I've investigated thoroughly and I've followed for a long time in the triathlon swimming coaching industry. These are all coaching philosophies or coaching systems that are highly respected and very, very successful. So I decided that rather than making this episode a majority vote and just trying to round up a hundred different articles and see which drills are the most commonly used in articles, I wanted to bring you the opinions of just three coaches, but that are amongst the best of the best. So these are first Swim Smooth, which is led by its front figure, Paul Newsom, And among other things, his swim coaching philosophy has been endorsed by the British Triathlon Federation. Uh, he is a coach educator for them. So uh, my source for his opinions on the drills that we'll cover today is his book called Swim Smooth, which is a very, very good book. One of the best triathlon books I think that uh, there are out there. So uh, yeah, that's uh, Paul Newsom and Swim Smooth. Next, we have uh, Sheila Taromina, who is a four-time Olympian and triathlon world champion. And uh, a funny side note, she is actually a four-time Olympian in three different disciplines. So in triathlon, but also in swimming and in modern pentathlon. So that's pretty fascinating. And she's well known for her promise as a swimmer in her athletic career. She started out as a swimmer, uh, became a triathlete, but also as a coach. She does a lot of coaching clinics and she's the author of the best-selling book Swim Speed Secrets. And uh, my source for her use of drills isn't actually the Swim Speed Secrets book, but rather her Swim Speed Workouts, which is part of the same series of uh, resources and books. It's a set of workout cards, actually, and I've just gone through her cards and her drill cards and see whether she uses those drills in the workout that she prescribes. And then finally, we have Jerry Rodriguez, who is the head coach at Tower 26. He has coached a total of more than 10,000 estimated athletes in his 35-year coaching career. Think about that, 10,000, that's a lot. And that includes pros like Lionel Sanders and Holly Lawrence and countless age groupers. He actually graced us with his presence in episode 3 of that triathlon show, an episode which to this day is one of the most popular episodes uh, that we have on this podcast for good reason. And 
I've gleaned my insights into what he thinks about the drills from partially from that discussion, of course, but actually primarily from listening to every single episode of his podcast, the Tower 26 Be Race Ready podcast, plus reading some of his articles. But I would say the primary source of information is just listening to all of those podcast episodes that he has. So before we jump into the first drill, I just wanted to mention that as usual, I'll have comprehensive show notes for you on thattriathlonshow.com. And these show notes will include links to videos of all of these drills. So if you're not sure how to do some of them, you can go to the show notes and check them out. So after this discussion on the swimming drills, I'll be back with answering a listener question. It's been a while, so that's also something that you can look forward to. But now let's discuss the 12 drills and what three top coaches think about them. First, we have the catch-up drill. And Paul Newsom and Swim Smooth, they don't use it because it may flatten your body rotation and make the swimmer overemphasize the catch-up style of swimming. So too low a frequency. Uh, they recommend doing the 616 drill as a replacement for catch-up style swimming. Sheila Taromina uses it pretty often in the warm-up. It activates the scapula and encourages good form in the workout to come. She also uses it in the middle of sets to, to maintain or, or retain good form. And the purpose for her isn't to train a glide and weight stroke rhythm, but rather to slow down the stroke in order to concentrate on the high elbow catch, one arm at a time. So you might want to actually look at your hand and arm when you're doing this and make sure that visually what you're doing makes sense and that you are employing that high elbow catch and occasionally even use a snorkel to make looking at what you're doing easier so actually i must say personally i agree with sheila here i think that uh, the purpose isn't to do a glide and waist or rhythm although that helps but but i think that actually the catch-up can be really useful to isolate in a slightly slower rhythm focus on what you're doing one arm at a time and and as she writes that catch phase is critical and and practicing that with the catch-up drill is, uh, in my opinion, very useful. Tower 26, I don't remember any podcast where Jerry has mentioned, Jerry Rodriguez has mentioned doing it, so I don't think that they do it. Next, we have kicking with a board. And at Swim Smooth, again, they don't do it, just because most adults don't have ankles that are flexible enough to kick well in this drill, so they recommend as a replacement drill, if you want to practice kicking, to uh, kick without a board in the torpedo position, so a streamline underwater position. Sheila Tormina again uses kicking with a kickboard. Uh, she is of the opinion that it develops the kick and also the strength of the lower core. And Tower 26, they do kicking, they use a snorkel usually, and I think that they use a streamline position and not a kickboard. Uh, and they often use fins in recovery. Side kicking is the core of the swim smooth drill pack. And that is used to develop posture and alignment and also the setup position for the catch phase of your stroke. 
they use fins for this and the sidekicking drill then develops into the 616 where you just do sidekicking for uh, six kicks and then you take one stroke and turn to rotate turn to the other side and do six more kicks and another stroke and repeat and 636 correspondingly is just three strokes in the middle between those six kicks to one side and then six kicks to the other side so so that's how they're drill progression and kicking progression works so but again side kicking is the core of their drill pack my coach simon briley who you heard on this podcast he also has had me do a lot of side kicking and i think it's a brilliant drill i really love it they're actually absolutely right that it develops the posture and the alignment it makes you develop strong core muscles it's a brilliant drill in my opinion as well uh, sheila she does a version of it uh, as far as i understand at least it's called the therapy kicking drill i'm actually not sure if i'm pronouncing it right it's similar but from what i read you don't rotate in quite the same way so i think that i probably won't get it exactly right if i try to describe it here but uh, just suffice it to say that she does a similar drill but it's slightly different than pure side kicking anyway again she claims that it develops strength in the core muscles uh, that drive your swimming which is similar to the reasoning behind swim smooth's use of it at tower 26 i remember listening to one episode where uh, jerry and jim the co-host discussed that most age groupers don't really do the side kicking drill well enough so they tend not to do it so uh, that's about it for the side kicking drill Next, we have kicking on your back. So uh, lying on your back, having your arms in an overhead position, stretched out, streamlined behind you, so to say, and then kicking. Swim smooth, don't use it. Sheila Termina uses it. She says that it builds great swimming core strength again. And Tower 26, they use it as well, often with fins, from what I've understood from listening to their podcasts. And uh, yeah, this is a drill that I just did this morning, actually. And uh, another drill that I did was was catch-up. And I like both of those drills as well. Next, we have vertical kicking. Uh, that's actually yet another drill that I did this morning. We're in a technique phase here in uh, my swimming periodization. At Swim Smooth, they don't do vertical kicking per se in the traditional form with... Uh, using both legs to kick they use a one leg variant that they call the ballet leg kick so you actually stand on uh, the side of the pool with uh, a support leg with your inside leg towards the the edge of the pool and then and then you have the other leg the outside leg that you kick with so so you're just kicking with one leg and supporting on the other leg sheila termina doesn't do vertical kicking at least not from her swim speed workouts kit and uh, tower 26 they do it they uh, i remember listening to some podcast episodes where they talked about starting with really short reps of 15 seconds or so in the foundational phases of their program and then actually building up to several minutes at a time of of kicking which is significant so so they do that quite a bit as far as i understand The next drill in this drill pack is the single arm drill. So swimming with just a single arm. At Swim Smooth, they don't do it. Uh, Paul thinks that it reduces the swimmer's rotation or it maybe teaches them to 
do the catch phase in a flatter position than they should. So again, they used the 616 drill instead, and also the Anko drill, which is very similar to the single arm drill. Let's talk about the Anko drill for a moment, because Swim Smooth actually calls it the king of drills. It's uh, They say that any intermediate and advanced swimmer can benefit from it. They use fins always in this drill. So it's similar to the single arm drill, but they make sure to rotate to both sides equally. So you actually almost, you're dipping your shoulder on your dead side where you have your arm hanging by the side of your body. And they make sure that they rotate down to, to that side as well. They call it the dead side and rotate down on that side as much as rotating up to the other side and, and dipping that shoulder into the water. So they have a mantra that is stroke and dip, stroke and dip. So they say that as long as you don't stay flat on your dead side, then the Anko drill is uh, the king of drills. Sheila uses the single arm drill in uh, a traditional form and she uses it actually both with and without a kickboard. And uh, the purpose here is to isolate some part of the stroke. It can be the catch or it can be the pull or even the finish of the stroke without having to concentrate on the full stroke. And at Tower 26, again, I think that they don't do it. I haven't heard it mentioned on the podcast as far as I can remember and haven't seen it in, in any of the articles either. Next, we have Swing with Fists, and uh, this is actually the only drill that all three coaches agree on. Neither of them do it. Swim Smooth, they don't do it. Instead, they use the Finise PT pedals, that, or they used to use them. They're no longer made, so they changed to Finise Freestyler pedals or Agility pedals instead to kind of achieve the same effect of reducing the hand's effective surface area and learn to use your forearm to to push water. But uh, instead of having the swimmer use, use their fists or clench their fists, which causes them to tense up these paddles, they have the same effect of reducing the effective surface area, but you don't get any additional tension in your body. And I think that actually, that is a very logical explanation to to why swimming with fists might not be the best idea. So uh, that's Swim Smooth's explanation. And uh, for Sheila and Tower 26 as well, Jerry Rodriguez at Tower 26, they, as far as I know, don't do it either. The next drill is water polo or the Tarzan drill, where you swim with your head up from the water, not uh, face down in the water, but actually keeping your your head above the water. Uh, Side note about this drill. This is really funny. I read it in uh, Sheila's uh, Swim Speed Workouts pack. This drill is named after Johnny Weissmuller, who won five Olympic golds in the 1920s. And he set his world record at 100 meters freestyle that was 57.4 seconds in 1928. So that's almost 90 years ago now that he swam 57.4 seconds for 100 meter freestyle. And uh, the way that he swam it, you guessed it, he had his head above the water. So that's pretty crazy to think about it. I laughed out loud when I, when I read that. It, it was unbelievable. Pretty cool. Anyway... Swim Smooth, they and Paul Newsom use the water polo drill for advanced swimmers to improve rhythm and timing of the stroke and also to remove dead spots from the stroke. Because when you have your head above the water, you really you, you are 
suffering so much from having a suboptimal position that your stroke the other parts of your stroke like the rhythm and the timing they need to really be be on point for you to move forward so so that's the idea there and uh, they in the swim smooth book there's an example set of 25 meters tarson at 90 percent effort then 25 meters freestyle at 90 percent effort then 25 percent tarson at 90 percent effort and then 25 um, meters freestyle at 90% effort uh, that's that's the way I think they had it in the book but anyway the point being that after the Tarzan drill which you do at a high effort you need to do it at a high effort you also go into a fairly high effort short distance freestyle uh, rep so so that's the idea there Sheila uses the Tarzan drill as well she uses it to build the strength and the turnover so stroke rate of the swimmers and uh, for developing the underwater pool. Uh, so very similar reasons to and uh, reasoning as swim smooth, just slightly different wording there. Tower 26 don't use this drill as far as I know. Although I must say at this point that uh, the Tower 26 is the one that I'm most uncertain about because I haven't been able to directly reference any books or articles, just my memory. But I do know that they use not too many drills at all so so i think that i'm quite correct with most of these drills when i say that they use them or they don't use them moving on the next drill is the doggy paddle drill paul newsman swim smooth uses it it's one of the mainstays of their drill pack and uh yeah in the book it says actually that uh all swimmers should do the doggy pedal drill regularly. It develops your catch and feel for the water and forces you to use a bent elbow catch instead of a straight elbow catch. Some examples of how to use it would be 15 meters of doggy paddles straight into 35 meters of rhythmical freestyle. Or you could do 10 meters of sculling, front sculling for example, skull number one then 15 meters of doggy paddle, and then 25 meters of freestyle. Sheila Tormina uses doggy paddle as well to build strength in both arms, and uh, she says that this is the kind of strength that translates brilliantly directly to freestyle, and also the core. And uh, as far as I know, again, Tower 26 doesn't use the doggy paddle drill. Next, sculling. We're getting pretty close to the end of our drill pack here. I've uh, combined the three different sculling drills here. So skull number one being the front skull, and skull number two being the head skull, and skull number three being the, the finish drill, so the last push of your stroke. So at Swim Smooth, they use skull number one and number two, front sculling and head sculling, to develop feel for the water, and they do this using a pull boy. They consider skull number one, the front skull, to be the most important. It's one of their mainstay drills again, because it develops the all-important catch phase of the stroke. And an example of how to use it in the swim smooth methodology would be to do four times 100 meters as 15 meters of skull number one into 85 meters of freestyle swimming with a 15 second recovery between reps. Or you could do 10 minutes of skull number one, then into 10 minutes of skull number, uh, sorry, 10 meters of skull number one, into 10 meters of skull number two, into 30 meters of swimming. 
And they use skull number two, as you heard there as well. It's useful to focus on the transition from the catch to the pull phase of the stroke. And very good, especially if you have a tendency to pull too wide. So uh, laterally to your body, too far outside of your body. And also if you tend to pull with a straight arm rather than with a bent elbow. Sheila uses the sculling, but... uh, not number one, as far as I could see in her drill pack and workout pack, but uh, she uses number two to develop the feel for the water, like swim smooth and work uh, the muscles she mentions as the scapula, deltoids, and and the core. And she also uses skull number three, so the finish finishing push to develop the strength at the back end of the stroke. Tower twenty six, I know for sure, don't do sculling. I've read it in an article of drills that you shouldn't do on the Tower twenty six website. Swimming with bands or ankle straps—that's something that Swim Smooth does. It delivers a better rhythm and timing to your stroke and develops core strength. Because with the ankle strap obviously strapped around your ankles, your legs will tend to sink. So you need to have your rhythm on point and you need to have your stroke rate up. It's kind of similar to the Tarzan drill in that sense. For most swimmers, Paul Newsom recommends using a pool boy as well. You should swim short distances when doing this drill, 25 or 50 meters. Sheila, I don't think, uses it. It's not mentioned in her workout pack. Tower 26, again, uses it. I know they use it a lot, actually. It's one of their mainstays. And typically, together with a pool boy and a snorkel. And they also use this in combination with like, trying to really work on good mechanics, uh, as well as that alignment and uh, uh, of your body and, and working those core muscles. Press-outs or deck-ups Swim smooth, don't do it. Uh, I should explain it first. This is when you press yourself out of the swimming pool onto the deck. Or alternatively, you can just press yourself up from the edge of the pool and then lower yourself down and repeat that to work on strength. And this is something that Sheila Termina does both ways. So, for example, in the middle of a set, she may add... Uh, eight press-ups after each 50 meter so it might be six reps of 50 meters and after each you would do eight press-ups or press-outs sorry and you would press up and then lower down press up and lower down or then as i said you could alternatively press press out onto the deck so you climb onto the deck at the end of the press out and then you dive right back in and keep swimming so this develops the strength required for a high elbow catch, the actual press out. But also when you climb out onto the deck, it uh, causes the heart rate to spike, which is similar to what you would experience in T1 in a triathlon race. So it's highly sport-specific. So so that's the reason for climbing onto the deck in that alternative of the press out. And at Tower 26, again, they do a lot of these. It's one of their mainstays, especially in the competitive season. And uh, they do it specifically where you're climbing up onto the deck. And if you can, you run on the pool deck and then you jump back in. So really practicing that T1, getting a heart rate spike and uh, and trying to trying to get comfortable with that, more and more comfortable. So And they call them deck ups, as I said. 
So to sum up, as you can see, the only drill that all three of these experts completely agreed on was that they don't tend to use swimming with fists. Paul Newson from Swim Smooth, Sheila Taromina, author of Swim Speed Secrets and Swim Speed Workouts, and Jerry Rodriguez of Tower 26, they were all of the same, uh, same opinion on this. But otherwise, it was quite a mix of who likes to use what sort of drills, which goes to show that there really isn't any black and white answer to the question which drills are good and which are bad. It's a lot about the context in which they are used, and different coaches have different styles to teach swimming, and all of them can be very successful. Likewise, different swimmers have very different ways to swim and to learn swimming. So so I would say that the takeaway message for you is definitely don't do drills without having a specific purpose, without knowing why you are doing them, and without knowing exactly how to execute them properly. So that that's about it. But other than that, there are many different ways to skin a cat when it comes to swimming. Some may do more drills, some may do less. I tend to be on the less drill side of things, but uh, that doesn't mean that more drills is a bad thing. And actually, as I mentioned, now that I'm here in Lisbon and starting to train with a swim squad, with uh, Sporting Lisbon's triathlon team, we are in a phase now where we're doing a lot of technical work. So I'm doing a lot of drills. And uh, so I'll know in, in a couple of months, probably have a completely new idea of the usefulness of doing more drills than, than what I've been used to. Anyway, another takeaway here is that probably if you want to not label but i would say pinpoint some of the attributes of these coaches then uh, jerry rodriguez is probably the one that uses the least drills of the three and sheila termina uses them the most she has uh, a very traditional swimming background but jerry does to some extent as well and uh, and paul newsom i believe as well so so i don't think that explains everything i think it's just a coaching style and teaching style Anyway, Sheila does the swimming drills the way that is uh, probably more common in traditional swimming and Jerry is more on the scaled-down triathlon end of things. And Paul Newsom falls somewhere in between, I would say. I'll finish this episode off with taking a listener question, actually. It's been a while since last time, but keep them coming. This one is from uh, Katrin from Iceland. She writes, I got qualification for the championship 2018 in the challenge family. That's on the 3rd of June. So I'm training for that. But I was wondering if you have any tips for knee injuries. I got injured in my IT band and I have jumper's knee. Do you have any good advice on how to beat that injury and keep on training? I feel like I'm getting worse in my sh- getting in worse shape and I'm scared that I will not be ready for June next year. If you have any experience, then let me know. Uh, thank you, Katrine, for your question. I have uh, way too much experience, unfortunately, with knee injuries. Don't get me started on that. Uh, but the first thing that I do is to make the investment of seeking out a really good physio with a lot of experience of endurance athletes. That's important. You need experience with endurance athletes and uh, and runners and cyclists, especially probably runners is the most important thing, somebody that knows about running. And uh, he or she will hopefully put you on your best path towards full health again. When you find that good physio, it's really all about sticking to their plan and being diligent about it. I speak from my own experience here, as my small knee niggle turned into a nine-month hiatus from running that actually got me to switch completely into triathlon in the first place. 
but uh, yeah, I mean that running injury it wasn't getting any better until I got I got the help from a good physio and I I tried several I have to say I it was only the third physio that I went to that I actually stuck with and then kept going to her regularly. So you should note that it, it it's probably necessary to keep going to the physio regularly at least for a while so that might be every other week or something like that but for the best general advice i can give you i would check out the podcast episode i did with james dunn if you haven't already that's called dysfunctional movement patterns injuries and reduced performance with james dunn and it's in episode 45 and i'll link to that on the episode show notes and as james points out it band issues are generally not the root cause of uh, themselves but something else is the root cause like a lack of hip or glute strength or activation so so if you don't do it already get started with a good core training and core activation program and do it diligently and regularly and in that episode with james on scientifictriathlon.com forward slash tts 45 that's the numbers four and five you can download a few of those example workouts so uh katrine i hope that you can get that injury to heal uh go see a physio and uh, let me know how it goes and uh be happy to hear how you do in the championship race that's exciting that you qualified for that so that about wraps it up for today's episode. You can find the show notes as usual on thattriathlonshow.com. If you have any questions or feedback, topic requests, guest requests, I do want to hear your requests for what you want to see from the podcast or hear from the podcast, I should say. You can send them to michael at scientifictriathlon.com and that's Michael with a K or you can tweet me on Twitter where my handle is at scytriat. If you're new to the show, I want to remind you to subscribe to it so that you never miss an episode because it's very easy to to do otherwise because we have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday and you don't want to miss this show. So go ahead and subscribe and I'll see you on Thursday. Thank you as always for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.